Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? Doing well, sir. Exciting week for Ravens football. I mean, it's always nice to have a a, a week coming off a win, but but this extra little bit of uh, Ravens news has got me a bit excited. How about you, TK? Yeah, absolutely. We sit here on Thursday, October 17th, so definitely a lot going on. Uh, because it is Thursday and, and we're moving on to week seven, we're going to keep the week six recap a little bit short, but we definitely do want to talk about the big trade for cornerback Mar- Marcus Peters and look forward to week seven at the Seattle Seahawks. So we will talk about offense, defense, and special teams real quick, and then we'll hand out a game ball, talk about our pop of the week, and look for the bulletin board material as the Ravens travel to Seattle. So offense, I mean, there's only one place to start. Lamar Jackson is really, really good. Yes, he is. Um, you know, it, the first player uh, to ever have both an air and ground award in the same season for performances. I mean, just total domination. I, you know, on the ground for Lamar as a quarterback. I, I you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and. You know, it's just amazing to me the the chunk plays he will get that don't necessarily stand out as oh wow Lamar got a lot of yards, but you know he actually got had three fifteen yard runs and suddenly you know he's got forty five fifty sixty yards and you're thinking oh hey wow and then he ends up the day like he had. This week, what was the final total? Was it 122 yards? 152. Like 52, excuse me. I, I mean, just uh, what can you say, man? What can you say? Lamar is the man. Lamar He's dynamic. Is the man. He is so dynamic. And, and, you know, running the ball 19 times, I guess people say like, oh, that's not sustainable. You can't run your quarterback that much. He's going to get hurt. You know, there was one hit in the game in which I was a little bit iffy about uh, the way that Lamar Jackson was running. But overall, he's been pretty good at kind of just scooting out of bounds or sliding and avoiding big hits. So if he can keep that up, then, you know, maybe it's more sustainable than people think. But, you know, overall, he's done a really good job uh, avoiding those big shots. Um, You know, we've talked repeatedly about – finding, you know, receivers beyond Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. And since Brown wasn't playing, I I was really interested to see who that was going to be. And maybe it wasn't necessarily one person, but Lamar was able to spread the ball around to nine different receivers. So it's not as though, you know, he just locked in on Andrews, who did have another big game. But, you know, he was able to spread the ball around, and I think that's a really good sign of him, one, having other people to go to, and two, working through his progressions to find different guys on the field. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, 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 you know, just talking about guys that were on the field, I mean, I'm just looking at snap counts. You know, Sneed had, was on the, he had, what, 54, looks like 54 snaps on offense. Boykin had 45, so that's good to see. He, you know, obviously with Hollywood being out, getting some playing time. The bane of my my existence, uh, you know, Chris Moore getting some time, 37 snaps. Seth Roberts, only 33, which actually kind of surprises me because I feel like he he tends to, I don't know if I would necessarily say flash, 
but he he seems like he could be a very reliable target um, for a guy that's mostly a special teams player. I've, I've kind of liked what I've seen out of him. Um, but yeah, you know, we definitely need to start seeing some of these other, other receivers step up. Um, you know, I'm not sure that, that we we've necessarily seen that, you know, from a singular perspective, I guess, but you know, I, I, it's still a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not perfect yet, but just the fact that you can spread the ball around to that many guys is definitely a good sign. And, you know, speaking of getting the ball to other guys, if we go back to the running game, the running backs, I think look really good as well. Uh, You know, the, the Bengals are pretty putrid stopping the run, but you know, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, and uh, Justice Hill all got involved. Um, Pretty heavily, you know, Mark Ingram was was the least efficient runner on the day, and he averaged four yards a carry. So, I mean, that's really good. I think Gus Edwards looked really good. And Justice Hill, finally, more than a handful of touches, he he showed his slashing ability, and I think he's got to stay involved as well. So so that was really good for me to see. Um, Maybe one concern that I did have was the play of Bradley Bozeman. And, uh, you know, he'd been pretty solid over the first five weeks, but he had a few penalties, struggled a little bit. A few? And, um, a few? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, maybe something to keep an eye on and take a look at some of the uh, the actives and inactives and see if, if guys like Makari and Powers get activated um, just in case Bozeman continues to struggle. Yeah, it'll it'll that will be interesting to see. I I what I tend to get confused by is you know you'll you'll look at your eyeball test for players like a Bradley Bozeman, and obviously I think it was four flags. Am I correct mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. You yep. know he he's penalized four times, and you're thinking, well, this guy had a terrible game. Yet his pro football focus score will still be relatively high. Um, so I find that I find stuff like that fairly interesting because I still think Bradley Bozeman actually had a highly rated game. Now, I don't have the, the ratings in front of me, but I, I, t- I follow them on Twitter and I tend to remember seeing that. Now, I don't think that I don't think that's coming out of, you know, uh, out of my head, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the case. But even so. How do we rate offensive linemen? You know, it's so hard to do that in a in an analytical way. And you know, are we sure that we need to bench him? I guess is what I'm getting at. I mean, everybody has a bad game. Four flags. That's awful. You know, certainly if that continues for a game or two, I think it's time to sit him. But I don't think he was necessarily playing that poorly up until last week i mean am i wrong by that no no he's been solid he's been good through the first five weeks and and i was i was really surprised to see that type of that type of decline in one week especially with a a defensive line that you know isn't really scaring people across the league and you know it makes me think maybe he's hurt and he was trying to compensate for something and you know and and that's all conjecture but from his solid plate through the first five weeks you know, to have that many penalties in one game was was a little concerning to me. And, and like you said, I, I'm not sure that that warrants getting benched immediately, but something to keep an eye on. And, and I'm sure the coaching staff is, is has uh, 
has an eye on it as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you bring up no question. You bring up great points because if anywhere there there are options, it would seem to be their options at left guard. Now, are they good options? That's <laughs> that remains to be seen. But there are definitely at least multiple options for the Ravens at left guard should they decide to move on. So, or at least start a rotation, whatever whatever that decision is. Um, you know, I. Part of me wants to see Bozeman hang on to things and, and turn it around mainly because of that, you know, veteran presence he might or veteran calmness he might be able to bring that maybe Powers and Macari don't have. But, hey, look, if they're the better options at some point down the line, you know, obviously you got to go with them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's going to be really important for the offense to stay hot. Um, you know, they, they lead the league in yards. They're they're right up there in points per game. You know, obviously inflated a little bit by that Dolphins game. But still, you know, they've been able to put up quite a few points per week. I think it's going to be really important for them to stay hot in Seattle uh, and help, you know, take that crowd out of it a little bit, especially with that major game. test. Yes. Major test for the offense. I mean, there's, yep. there's no question. I mean, not to veer away from the, the game that was the Bengals game, but I think we can both agree it was not the uh, the best of games to watch. I mean, overall, as much as, as we dominated the game in a lot of respects, the, the, the score was a whole lot closer than it should have been. So there was, there were definitely some execution issues on offense that you'd, you'd like to see them clean up, whether that's, you know, execution in the red zone or just those penalties that kill drives, you know, all that kind of stuff that you you'd like to see get cleaned up. Now, of course there's always that, Oh, it's a division game, you know? Okay. Yeah, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. But at the same, at the same time, when, when you have that obvious talent differential on the field, as you could see, I, I have a hard time, not being a little little disappointed with the Ravens on how they played. Um, but, you know, with all of that said, I mean, I think, I think, you know, obviously the running game is uber powerful. I mean, like you said, you know, that rotation at the, at running back, you know, was good to see. It was good to see um, Justice Hill get involved a little bit more. Um, I like how he kind of, he runs a bit a lot, with a lot more power than I think you expect. He's bigger than you expect him to be. Um, so I don't know if, if I'm as excited for, him, for Justice Hill this year as much as I am for maybe next year. I mean, I, as I said, I, I think in a previous podcast, I mean, I keep thinking about Justice Hill like I thought about Ray Rice. You know, Ray Rice didn't really do too much his rookie year, but then obviously blew up in year two. And, you know, it's very possible we could have a similar situation with a guy like Justice Hill. Um, you know, just to expanding one last little bit of, on the offense, you know, hopefully we get uh, Hollywood Brown back on the field this week. You know, that was a disappointment to have him miss last week's game. I think I think especially against a team like the Bengals, having uh, having Marquise available just to continue that game progression with Lamar is so important um, at this point, you know, uh, just not just for, for obvious reasons to win ball games, but just to, you know, continue that development 
Um, so you know, any time missed is so precious right now. And uh, hopefully, it, hopefully it doesn't become a thing for him to miss time. Yeah, yeah, he certainly hope not. Do you have any other notes on the offense before we not turn really it over to defense? Offense. Yeah, okay. Really on the offense. All right, so let's flip it over to the defense and special teams. Special teams, uh, not a great start. Give up a kickoff return for a touchdown immediately. But, um, you yeah, know, we can, we can do we, not, not a great celebration of the Wolfpack. <laughs> they, get, they get brought out with the offense, which is fantastic. You know, everybody gets to cheer them on, you know, in pregame. And then right away, boom, special teams. <laughs> the special teams gives up a touchdown. Opening kickoff. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. the way we wanted to start it off. Yeah, yeah, not great. But taking that into account, that means the defense only gave up 10 points. And, you know, in today's NFL against, you know, I mean, you know, I, I know it's the Bengals and maybe not their best offensive line, but they do have some weapons. You know, Joe Mixon, Auden Tate. Auden Tate is a beast. And, uh, you know, to hold them to 10 points is, is still pretty impressive for a defense that's still kind of figuring it out. You're right about that as far as Tate goes, man. He is a beast. I, I'm glad we weren't facing both he and A.J. Green on the same day. I don't think the Ravens would have won the game, quite frankly. Um, he he dominated our DBs. I mean, it was it it. He's going to be scary. I mean, I not to not to. Get, you know, increase the hyperbole too much, but he he, he impressed me quite a bit. And of course, as mm-hmm. you said, look, Joe Mixon is a, is a really good player. But yeah, I mean, our, our defense played well. I think it was cool to see sort of the hybrid looks now because Chuck Chuck Clark played every every defensive snap. I think he and it was it he and Earl Thomas that played every yeah, defensive and, snap. And, and Marlon and Brandon Carr, I believe. So, you know, that, you know, he's wearing the, the green dot. He played a lot of inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, so those hybrid looks were interesting. I, I like that. Um, really, really disappointing to see um, Deshaun Elliott get hurt. I mean, that that was a surprise. I didn't even notice it during the game. And then they said he was out for the year with a knee. That just, that's a killer. I mean, because he was, you know, as we had said last week, I know he's been a player that you've been excited about for a while. Um, I was excited to see him get get some time. Um, that was sort of one of the silver linings of, of a Tony Jefferson um, getting hurt, if you want to call that. I guess silver lining is a good way to put it. Um, but, yeah, just that, that was definitely a, 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 a big disappointment. Uh, for that to to come, that that to be a a end result of the game, but but it was still interesting to see, you know, how we were using Chuck Clark, and of course now moving on, we're going to get to put in Marcus Peters. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, all this kind of is related in a way because you know now you, now you consider well, you know, if Chuck Clark's going to be on the field all the time and he's going to play some of these downs uh, at inside linebacker and at safety, you know, who allows who comes into the game to allow Chuck Clark to come down to linebacker. And, you know, now that Marcus Peters has come into the fold, one of those answers might be Brandon Carr. And Brandon Carr got snaps at safety in training camp. 
So maybe that's a potential solution. But let's let's go back to to Marcus Peters here. You know, very talented guy brought in from the Los Angeles Rams uh, in a trade for Kenny Young and a have they have they officially said which pick it was? I think it was not the Vedvik pick. It's the it's the Ravens' original fifth have, rounder. I don't know that they've said yet. Um, now maybe I, now I haven't. I guess I haven't seen anywhere that said it specifically. Could and this is just me thinking out loud. Is it the kind of situation where they might say? You can have whichever of these picks ends up being higher or lower or whatever and going from there. So they know they're getting a fifth, but they don't know which one yet. Yeah, or not a could be. Was it a fifth? I, 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 yeah, it was a fifth. I, I, I believe it was the Ravens fifth that they own. But either way, Marcus Peters, we're in Jersey number 30. What do you see him bringing to the table on this team who all of a sudden with Jimmy Smith coming back? is loaded again at corner. Definitely some swagger. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think there's no question about that. I mean, the, the first thing that, that Marcus Peters brings to the table is definitely a mouth. Um, so that, in, that, that will either be good or bad. We'll have to see, you know, we'll have to see what kind of grade he gets. That That's one of those situations where he certainly needs to back up the talk. He wasn't quite doing that as much with the Rams as he had with the Chiefs. So hopefully he will turn into more of that player that he was for the Chiefs um, now that he's back in the AFC. Uh, you know, he could be he could bring so much to the I mean, let's let's be real. If if he comes in, the 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 high end is obviously he comes in, he's reinvigorated, he's a number one corner that's opposite of Marcus Peters, and we oh, guess what? have Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith that can also line up with any of your other wide receivers. That's crazy down. Um, so that's, that's pretty, pretty unbelievable. Now on the low end, Hey, he, I think you're going to see a guy who's a, a veteran corner with a lot of talent. He may make some mistakes occasionally freelancing or something like that. But I think he definitely upgrades the corner, whether it be, you know, Anthony Averett or Maurice Kennedy. I mean, he's certainly a, a better option to put out on the outside. Um, so he is a major upgrade for the Ravens. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe they decide to keep him in the offseason. Otherwise, there's a chance he could factor in to the comp pick formula uh, on the back end, um, depending on what, you know, he might. He might get on the open market or they could decide to, you know, sign him long term. I mean, maybe maybe he plays well enough that the Ravens finally descend, decide to cut ties with Jimmy Smith. Maybe Brandon Carr moves on. So some of that cap money is freed up and the Ravens decide to go with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, you know, as the outside corners moving forward. So uh, it's it's a really intriguing move for for the for the Ravens. It's exciting to see. As a fan, I think it's exciting for the players and the coaching staff to see the front office go out and and get <clears throat> get a really strong player in a trade midseason. Um, you know, and not to continue to to hog the mic here, but you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he's really able to incorporate in the team. So many times you have these midseason trades that don't quite work out um you know the player doesn't for one reason or another get integrated in a certain way 
Now, I think maybe corner is one of those positions that you can just say, okay, go cover that guy, you know, and they go do it. Um, I, you know, maybe similar to like a pass rusher where you can say, okay, you're in to go get that guy. Um, but that's my only worry is a lot of midseason trades don't quite pop. You definitely bring up a lot of good points. And, you know, something that has been talked about uh, quite a bit at this point is how egregiously misused Marcus Peters was in the Rams defense. So Marcus Peters in Kansas City. Kansas City plays a ton of man-to-man, and Marcus Peters is a very good man-to-man corner. The Rams, Wade Phillips, they use a ton of zone and, you know, not really Peter's strong suit. Now, coming over to Baltimore, we play a lot of man-to-man coverage. Now, if, if, if you notice outside, you know, we noticed Maurice Kennedy getting beat quite a bit. And, you know, he, he led the team in with 10 tackles. And that's because, you know, he was in man-to-man coverage on the receiver that happened to get a catch. So plug him in to that man-to-man system. And I think he gets back to a lot of the skills that he's really good at and very comfortable with. So I think that's good. Like you said, he is a gambler. You know, he is going to make mistakes. And it kind of reminds me of like a... Uh, I guess like a Chris McAllister type, you know, he is going to make a a big play, but he's also probably going to give up some big plays. So Ravens fans, just be prepared for that. You know, don't write him off if he makes a mistake early, Um, you know, because he is going to get back to playing that press man-to-man coverage like he likes to. And this year so far, he is one of the least targeted corners in the league. So if you're a quarterback and and you're looking and you're saying, you know what, I'm not going to really look at Peter's side of the field. You know, I know he's a good player, especially in man-to-man. I don't really want to look at Peter's. Well, guess what? You got Marlon Humphrey on the other side, and you don't really want to look at him either. And then you got our linebackers and Earl Thomas in the middle of the field. And, you know, well, that's not really an option either. So adding him to the mix and then, of course, Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith coming back, you know, I think those, that corner and safety group all of a sudden gets gets a lot better and uh, is is capable of shutting down some really good receivers. The other thing that I see um, uh, is the is the schedule that's coming up. So the Seahawks, Peters played them twice a year for the past couple of years, plus Earl Thomas's knowledge. I think that'll be some really really valuable insight. The Ravens go at the Rams later in the year. So obviously Peters is going to have insight there. Earl Thomas is going to have insight there, which is nice. And then we also go and we host the 49ers. And, you know, he's going to have knowledge there as well. So in in more than just an on-the-field impact, I think Peters will also provide a lot of insight on those other teams as well. And I think that is a really big-time plus in bringing him in now corner may have may not have been the biggest position of need at this moment. How do you like it? it, You know, does, does that make it weird that DaCosta still made this move and brought in a corner? Would you have rather seen a pass rusher or maybe, you know, another safety to add to the mix? You know, we did add Bennett Jackson back, you know, he's with, 
us in training camp, but maybe more specific to pass rusher. Are you are you surprised that we went after a corner and not a pass rusher? I'm not when you consider the what what we gave up. Not to diminish the value of Kenny Young, but we essentially traded a a kicker who's been cut twice or however many times since we traded him and Kenny Young for Marcus Peters. Okay. Um, Sounds like a win so far. Yeah. I I mean, regardless. So I I think you have to make that trade. Um, Regardless of, I don't care how many corners you have. I think, I think you have, I think the, the answer is still going to be yes. Um, even if, you know, Tavon Young hadn't gotten hurt and blah, blah, blah. Um, I will say that I think by making the trade for Marcus Peters, I think you, you kind of have to now trade for a pass rusher because, that is such an area of need, and nothing happened, in my opinion, during the Bengals game to make me feel any better or excited about anything with respect to the pass rush. I mean, good for good for Bowser to get a sack, but you know, good on him. You know, as much as we've as I've talked trash about him um, in my utter disappointment because I was excited about him when we first drafted him, but anyhow. Um, I think we, we do have to make a move. I think, you know, we were chatting a little before we recorded the the conjecture about Michael Bennett uh, from New England is interesting. You know, there definitely would have to be some cap maneuvering. I'm not sure who we would necessarily maybe trade to New England um, or how we would maybe restructure a contract or how that would necessarily work. Um, but, uh, you know. As you said, you know, may if we can make the money work, maybe what did we what did we get for a Luminor, a fifth round or a fourth round pick? Yeah. So I mean, that to me is worth a guy for a guy that just got suspended for conduct detrimental and isn't getting a lot of playing time. I mean, that's the kind of player you kind of trade for mid season. So I mean, if if we're gonna make a move, yeah, he would seem to be the type of guy, if not the guy. Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess to bring in a player of Peter's caliber just for the remainder of this year, and you know he's going to be a free free agent at the at the end of the year, and I don't really know if we're going to bring him back or not. How much is he going to want? But the move to bring in a guy like him kind of shows me that the front office they're going for it, right? Like they're not they're not uh, at the status quo. You know, we're going to be at decent team and and contend no they want to be like real substantial contenders here so i i just get the feeling that they're not done yet i think they're going to bring somebody in i can't tell who it's going to be because like you said i mean there's cap issues with bennett you know we'd probably have to give up somebody on the 53-man roster and i can't really tell who that is at this point and you know I, I just think that I just think that there's there's still a move to be made, and I, it's got to be at the pass rush at the pass rush position. And again, I just can't tell who it's going to be at this point, but I think there's something there. And 
you know, I, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident in, in the moves that DaCosta has been pulling off so far. And, and I'm fairly confident that he's got one more up his sleeve for this year. Yeah, I mean, right now I have utter faith in his ability to trade. You know, I did. And I mean, and I mean, not that I, I don't have faith in him drafting. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how his singular drafts go. I mean, I think there have been some disappointing drafts the last few years. So which, of course, has been his deal. So you, you get a little nervous, like on that end. Oh, have they somehow lost it occasionally? But, you know, his moves as far as trades. Has there been a bad one? I mean, not that he not that we have some massive long list to go over, but I think pretty much everyone has seemingly been a win. Yeah, certainly seems that way. It certainly seems I mean, that way. So we'll, we'll see how this picks, Peters I mean, one. A fourth round pick, a fourth and a fifth for Illuminor and and Vedvik alone. I mean, that to me is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so and this certainly seems like a win. Yeah, I mean, and and the other thing is, we got Marcus Peters, who, who's a good corner and and may you know fit in our system pretty well, and then the Rams just mortgaged two more years on their future. You know, they don't have two first round picks going forward for Jalen Ramsey, and I know Ramsey's on contract and that kind of stuff, but you know, still I, I feel like that's a win for the Ravens. You know, you get you know, maybe the lesser player, but you don't give up nearly as much. So again. Shrewd move. I, I like it so far and, and definitely have a lot of confidence uh, in DaCosta at this point. Um, well, here, let me let me just throw this out there, too. I mean, if, if you think about it, is high end. I'm not saying we're going to get this. I, I, I doubt we will. But week to week, high end Marcus Peters. Is that really that far away from high end Jalen Ramsey? Maybe not. He's a playmaker. He has 24 I, I, picks I mean, in his I'm career. I'm not saying he's, he's, he's necessarily at Ramsey's level, but is it really that far away? I mean, think about how good he was with the Chiefs. Yeah. And, like, in the context of having Marlon Humphrey on the other side or, or following around the number one receiver and you put Peters on another big receiver that the team has, like, in that context, that's really good. That's a really good thing to have. Absolutely. And then yeah. Jimmy Smith, right? If ever, if he is ever healthy, and Brandon Carr. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's pretty amazing. So yeah, like even those two are not to be you know brushed off to the side. Those are still solid football players. Yeah. Um. So I guess you know we we spent a lot of time on that, and maybe uh, really quick, let's do a game ball. Uh, I think there's probably only one person to give it to, and it's Lamar Jackson. Got to be Lamar. Got to be. Yep, and then pop of the week, I had one, and and I couldn't exactly identify when this happened, but uh, Pernell McPhee lined up right over the center and immediately just put him on his back, uh, you know, pancake in the in the other way, you know, defense on offense. So that was pretty cool for me. That was the pop of the week. Did you have one in mind? I didn't have one particularly in mind. I know there was a nice hit by uh, Deshaun Elliott. I think in the in the game. I don't recall exactly when or who, but that was that was a nice pop. So I'll, I'll make that my pop of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, poor guy. Second second season-ending surgery uh, 
injury for him. So I uh, hope wishing Sadly, him all the, the best. Sadly, the pop of the week for him is the ligaments in his. Oh, knee. don't, bad don't, bad don't do that. No, I'm sorry. All right, let's let's move right on. Let's look at week seven trip to the Seahawks. This is a very tough road game. We've already had one tough road game against the Chiefs. This is just as tough as an environment in Seattle. Oh, boy. Where do we start? I think there's only one place to start, and that is the Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson. He is playing out of his mind. MVP candidate at the battle of MVP candidates. I mean, Russell Wilson is everything we want Lamar Jackson to be, you know, at that point in his career. I mean, maybe with some more rushing yards, whatever. Obviously, they're a little bit different athletically, but, you know, that's he's the guy who you want. I mean, Russell Wilson is the man, and uh, he's taken that team on his shoulders. I mean, you think about how much turnover they've had. Over the last few years, I mean, so many guys are gone from that that uh, that Super Bowl winning team or the back to back Super Bowl teams. And, uh, you know, it's uh, he's not going to be easy. I think he's going to have an amazing game against our defense. You know, uh, Godspeed to Marcus Peters and the rest. And, you know, it certainly is the game we want to see Earl Thomas step up and have a big game. I'm sure he does too, but uh, so we can flip off uh, Pete Carroll one more time before they walk (laughs) off the field. Um, But it's look, I don't think we can ever expect to go to Seattle and play well. I disagree. I think we can play well. I'm not sure if we'll win, but I, I think that we have the pieces in place to play well because the, the Seahawks defense is very comparable to ours. You know, they're they're in like the mid twenties, you know, overall defense wise, and they don't stop the run all that well. And their secondary is is not what it used to be, certainly. So, I mean, I think the offense can go in there and and play decently well. I just think that Russell Wilson might be a little bit too much right now. You know, there's been a lot of comparisons between Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, as you mentioned. You know, Russell Wilson is running a lot more this year than he did last year, uh, which is always dangerous. But I think the the way that he uses his mobility to extend plays, you know, very, uh, you know, Roethlisberger-esque, you know, kind of just wandering around, able to slip, t- able to slip tacklers and just extend the play and go down the field is where he is most dangerous to me and, and most frustrating to me because he's so, so tough to bring down, that is going to be where Russell Wilson is is toughest. And I'm not sure that there's any way in particular to stop that, but it's it's going to be a big-time test. And, and like you said, it, it, Earl Thomas probably has a lot of insight here, and uh, it, it's going to be a big game for him, too. There are two factors, I think, in, that are in, in favor of the Ravens' defense. One is Earl Thomas, as you said. And the other, believe it or not, is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Ravens' defense has to play Lamar Jackson in practice every day. Yeah. Yep. So, for once, you can kind of say, hey, that crazy quarterback that that other team has, well, you know, actually, we have one, too. And he might even be more dynamic in some respects. And 
He might not be better, but he's he's he might be more dynamic. And that might help in the end. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's definitely a lot of savvy that Russell Wilson has that just can't be taught that, you know, he's he's everything you want out of a quarterback. So we'll we'll see. I I, I just don't think it's a great I don't think it's a great situation for the Ravens. You know, we've got questions on defense, traveling out to Seattle, the 12th man, you've got Russell Wilson. I I don't know. I, you know, a lot of factors are against the Ravens. I really don't think they will win. And I just have a bad feeling it's going to just not be a great game for them. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough to travel out to the West Coast. Definitely tough to play in Seattle. So it'll be a big time test for sure. Um, you know, let's talk about our bulletin board. Um, you know, we've we've mentioned him, and I think I I, I know who you're going to go with. You know, who do you have to give some bulletin board material to? Well, it's got to be Earl Thomas. I mean, look, mm-hmm. man, it, time to give the finger back to that Seattle coaching staff, and the best way to do it is by coming in as a Raven and having a great game. Um, having me eat some crow, which I'm very happy to do on next week's podcast, and have you come in here and and steal the show and make this a, a purple Sunday. So Earl Thomas, you are on the bulletin board for sure. So so one interesting thing about Russell Wilson: no interceptions so far this year. So with guys like Earl Thomas and Marlon Humphrey, and now Marcus Peters, who who is a big playmaker, can the Ravens change that? And and I think that's a big part of it. Um, I'm going to put the defensive line on the bulletin board here. Guys like Brandon Williams and, and Michael Pierce, the Seahawks are very committed to their run game. You know, they're, they're very similar to the Ravens in that sense. Chris Carson gets almost 20 carries a game, uh, which is a lot more than, than Mark Ingram has been getting so far. So they are definitely very committed to establishing the run and using the run to, kind of milk the clock and give and give their defense a break because like I said the defense is not what it used to be um you know a few years ago so defensive line really has to play well um you you know rarely do we have our full defensive line in the game at one time so that's maybe the individual guys um need to be called out but if we can stop that run and force Russell Wilson into a lot a lot of passing situations we know he's a good quarterback, but the more the ball goes up in the air, the more chance that you know Earl Thomas has to make a play. So that's how I'll tie it back to yours. So Earl Thomas, defensive line on the bulletin board, and uh, let's see if you if you don't have much else to add, maybe we can get into a prediction. Well, the only last thing I will add is that the the actual true X factor of this game will be the fact that I will be starting Russell Wilson at quarterback on my fantasy team. And I just traded for him recently. So those two factors alone will mean that the Ravens defense will likely have several interceptions. (laughs) So I think, I think that's a good omen for all of us that are actually rooting for the Ravens in this ball game. I, I, promise you that I will while I might cringe for a moment 
as I watch, I will then cheer because I'll be happy that the Ravens made a nice play. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I hate to root against your fantasy team, but that, that's what hey, I'm going I, with I this week. I will, in essence, be rooting against my fantasy team, so that's okay. <laughs> it happens. Yep, absolutely. So let's let's get to a prediction. I, what are you thinking here? I, I'm thinking we we keep it close, but Russell Wilson is just too much. I think it's going to be twenty-eight to twenty Seahawks. Yeah, I had 28-24. Um, you know, the the over-under is set right at 50. I don't think either of these defenses are all that good, so I think, you know, they're going to be right around uh, 50 points between the two teams. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's going to be a shootout, which is weird to say uh, about these, these two teams, uh, you know, particularly talking about their recent history. But, um, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, the, the Seahawks have won the last three matchups, including two in Seattle. And uh, the Ravens just got to got to buck that trend a little bit and, uh, you know, establish the run. You know, same same kind of formula that they have against a guy like Pat Mahomes. Keep him on the sideline, uh, you know, milk the clock and uh, you see what the defense can do once once they're out there. So, you know, unfortunately, we both think that the Ravens are going to lose this week. Hopefully. We will come back for the recap, proven wrong. Holly, you want to sign us off? Well, stay. Po- we're we're staying positive, even though we're being negative. We're we're staying positive. So let's say it together this week. Go Ravens! Oh, I missed it. Go Ravens! Yeah.